Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, a slightly different show today in light of Events at uh, Leicester City at the weekend, yeah. a more sombre show, understandably. Of course, you know, all moved by what happened over the weekend, and I think that will be reflected in today's podcast. Yeah, we heard from uh, Jeff Peters, who's been doing some sterling work for TalkSport, a big Leicester fan, the man we call Philbert the Fox. He's clearly really felt it, and uh, that comes across in his chat uh, just after the players and uh, Vichai's family had visited the Shrine. Um, also, you know, we talked about the event. We talked, of course, about Glenn Hoddle, great hero of mm. mine, and... Um, you'll hear us uh, chatting about that and uh, other matters besides. Oh, and Motti, of course. Oh, Motti, yeah. So Motti. we did have a Motti came in and added, we had a good chat about football, which is always a nice thing to do in these situations, and uh, talked a little bit about Leicester as well. He does. Here it is. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The kind of one thing you notice is that the connection that, that football and sport gives you, especially football, I think, in a lot of ways, that gives you the people that. You don't really know. I mean, we're fortunate that we've we've got to meet Glenn a few times. I've interviewed him. I wouldn't pretend to know him well, no, but no. I'd know him to say hello to. Yeah, sure. And and so many of the the Leicester fans, they they loved the owner of the club. They they never knew him, mm. but he did so much for them. And you just build these bonds, don't you? That sport builds these bonds. Their connection to your club you makes know, them special. We, he was a good owner. We all know there are good owners and there are sadly bad owners. And yeah. He was a great owner and. Uh, I thought Jeff Peters as well. A very difficult weekend for Jeff. You know, club so close to his heart, and I heard him speaking so well on uh, breakfast yesterday. Yeah, you know, very emotional and uh, very, very difficult time. No question. I mean, obviously it's been said, but the the fact that his son wasn't with him is 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 a blessing for for everybody and everyone because obviously he loves the club too, and hopefully the yeah. work will continue. The uh, it's been so difficult for the family. We've just seen them today paying their respects at the club and. I mean, sometimes when when you lose somebody close to you, you get a chance to prepare for it. But, yeah. uh, you know, they didn't. It's that terrible shock, and then they're, they're effectively straight on an aeroplane, and their mm. minds are scrambled. It must be so difficult uh, for them at the moment. But we will be uh, in Leicester a little bit later on. We'll be chatting to Jonathan uh, Northcroft. He's almost like an adopted son of the city. He's got very mm. close to it. It's like being a, a proud Scot. Um, he's lived there for a long time, and we'll be we'll be chatting to Jonathan a little bit later on. Uh, also, John Motson will be here. Of course, uh, when John commentates on games, he often pops up to the ballroom afterwards. He's invited up there, and he has a, mm. a, a glass of wine with the owners and, and gets to know them all. And I'm sure John will have his own memories uh, of uh, of the uh, owner of Leicester City a little bit later. And we'll be chatting to John. 
And, uh, yeah, to say, uh, one thing, I think maybe people outside of Leicester, until, tragically, it's taken this to happen mm. for, for people to get the full story. But he clearly, you know, he did so much for the area. It wasn't just a football club. It was for the area. And it, no. He didn't really do interviews. He didn't want to be uh, a kind of public figure. Um, he was great with the fans. He talked to the fans. That wasn't an issue. That's why they've all obviously mm. got this great bond with him. But he didn't do a great deal of publicity. He wasn't interested in... Uh, in being a kind of big name and a well-known uh, face up there. So it's only now, really, sadly, tragically because of this, that we're hearing just how much he did, just how much he did for local hospitals, yeah, for local for charities. Yeah. And, just the way he was with the players when they won won the league. But he was the major contributor to one of the, the great sports stories of our time. Yeah. It, it, as long as people talk about sport, they'll talk about Leicester winning the Premier League mm. at 5,000 to 1. Yeah. And he was the man that started that and, and led to it and, and, you know, and, and helped contribute to it. In a major way. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, we will be uh, reflecting on that uh, throughout the afternoon, as you can uh, appreciate. Also, we will be looking ahead to uh, football uh, this evening, the final Premier League game, um, as well as uh, reflecting on the weekend. John Motson uh, will be here to give us his thoughts on the weekend's football. I believe he's at it, Watford, wasn't he? It'll be interesting to see how bad the pitch is, actually, because, I mean, obviously the papers are full of photos of the NFL churning mm. it up. And we used to hope we've met, as you said on Friday, we met the groundsman. He does a great job. Hopefully he can turn it around. As long as he doesn't spoil the game. I know people say, oh, it's the same for both sides, which is, of course, true. But, mm. you know, you, these are two great football teams. We want to see a great game. Yeah. You know, not a game where oh, it's bobbling all over the place, you know, and it's difficult for the players. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't particularly great last time out for the Barcelona game, especially in the middle. So uh, it's, it's compounded. It didn't seem to stop Barcelona. <laughs> no, no, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I can't argue with that. Messi kind of managed it. Yeah, he got Oh, and talk, it, yeah. we'll talk about the Classico. Was we will, yeah, Kevin. Hatch, I joins well, us later on. He is, he's, he's gone, isn't he, Lopetegui? It's not a massive well, surprise. I'd say so. that, really. Has yeah. he actually gone? I, I, I understand that. Yeah, until yeah. Mark was saying half an hour ago, the board meeting, they decided that uh, that was it. They've obviously got spies on I the inside. I doubt that he waited for the P45. I no, think probably... I, I think he knew the writing on the wall yesterday uh, afternoon, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, you're laughing, Gay. I mean, there he was, you know, the, the Spain manager going into the World Cup with a very good squad, as we've seen since. You know, and then he, he makes that decision, or Real Madrid, <clears throat> Madrid made the decision for him. It should never have come out before the World Cup. That so that immediately put pressure on him. So it was it was always up against it, I think. But we'll talk more about that later. Uh, we certainly will. Also, uh, we're going to be talking cricket later on. You've probably seen the stories around David Warner. David Warner, of course, serving his one year international and state cricket ban after the ball tampering scandal. Uh, went out to uh, play in a Sydney club match uh, and was told reportedly by Philip Hughes' brother, Jason, uh, you're a disgrace, you shouldn't be playing cricket. Uh, that was his sledge and Warner walked off, mm. decided to uh, leave the square. Uh, and his, his wife has subsequently said he didn't like what he was hearing. It was hurtful, very hurtful. I wonder if, he, <laughs> I wonder if Warner reflected on some of the stuff he turned to <laughs> people know. out in the middle. So. He's one of the least sympathetic uh, figures in sport, never mind cricket. Mm. I, mean, I, just, I have no sympathy for him whatsoever. And a really sort of damning uh, And it's assessment. stupid because yeah. he's a very, very good player. He's almost a great player, yeah. you know, so it was such a waste, really. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. John Martin with us in the studio. We're looking back at uh, the big games of the weekend and uh, we should talk a bit of Manchester United, uh, Everton. And um, 
It's a tight old game, John, really. Everton in slightly better circumstances. Bernard would maybe put mm. that one away. We've yeah. been talking about a, a good point for Everton. I think you could have been. And, and it doesn't really mean anything in terms of Manchester United re- rekindling what they should be doing, does it? I mean, in patches, I thought they played a bit better. Mm. Um, but I can't get over the Pogba thing. I mean, quite apart from the... The penalty, which, uh, don't ask me to explain that, because, I mean, even this morning they've had a thing in one of the papers, what you could be doing while he's running up, Yeah, you know? It's, it's, it's slower than Bolt, they reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. Um, it's very dressage-like. I mean, Rupert yeah. Bell, I thought, might have been marking it. It's very dressage-like. And, and also, he was showboating before Everton got their goal, wasn't he? Which, mm. which rather put them back in the game and gave Manchester United a pretty uncomfortable last 15 minutes. Yeah. What's his thinking about this? Is it just showboating, John? Well, I don't know. Is he waiting for the keeper to make a move? I don't know. I don't know. It's just it it, it maybe worked for him before he's going to look at it. When you see when you see how Milosevic um, took those two penalties for for Crystal Palace, especially if he'd missed one the week before, he really showed you how to take a penalty, didn't he? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, either placement or power, or just don't mess about. Just come up and you know score. There was a load of quotes yesterday morning of Pogba saying, I'm not allowed mm. to talk. It's not me. I want to talk, but I've been told not to talk. And who comes out to do the post-match press conference? Yeah. Pogba. Yeah. Well, yeah. Brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> Somebody's obviously changed but their mind. It was interesting that, that um, I mean, a guy like Theo Walcott, do you, do you see Gramson is really chewing oh, him he, out? Oh, yeah. yes, he, he, he called him out him. and for both goals, but especially mm. they were right. And, and Pickford had a go at him. And afterwards, Pick, Pickford was quite sort of, you know, uh, diplomatic about what yeah. he said to him. But... You know, in the end, that is poor from a professional, isn't it? Not lose the ball so weakly and then don't even chase back. Yeah, you know that's very unusual these days. If, if a guy loses the ball, you normally see them go hell for leather to get it back. Yes, yeah, it didn't. It wasn't a good day for him, and it, and in a way, I mean, Everton will see that as an opportunity. Well, especially as of course they they had to contend with the penalty decision in the first place. Yeah, um, you know, which which where you know Idrissa Gay. Played the ball and then just wasn't a penalty, was um, it? Bernard missed a, an absolute yes, sitter right. as well. He did, he did. We should hear from Jose. I mean, because Lukaku came on and they seemed to kind of lose their way at that point, really, mm. when they came for Russia. But anyway, this is what Jose had to say about Lukaku's performance. I don't know. I have to to analyze. I have to make decisions. But uh, his performance today was um, was positive. You are right. He he plays all the time. He, he for us he plays all the time. He goes to the national team even if they play. Uh, even if they play um, a friendly against a, a fifth-level team, he plays uh, all the time. So yes, maybe he needs a little bit of, of a rest. And today, he showed some some energy, some some movements, and uh, he helped us to get the results. That was very good of him, wasn't it? Show some movement, <laughs> some energy. Yeah, well, <laughs> thanks. But it does go back to what you keep saying, Andy. When they move the ball quickly, they, they yeah, do look they, very they good, look United. Don't well, they? all teams, but especially yeah. them, because they've got good players. And Martial is having a good season, so we were saying yeah. earlier, you know, yeah. Mourinho didn't even want him. But no, anyway. no, he didn't. On um, to your mob. Before that, though, mm-hmm. a really yeah, good interview with uh, mm-hmm. Joe Hart by Henry Winter in the Times on mm-hmm. Saturday. Really interesting. It really makes you want to root for the guy. I did feel from this quite poignant moments when he was talking about being out of the England setup, and uh, there was just this. Uh, I don't find this uh, little quote very sad. Well, well, it. even in a four-nil defeat, he, yeah. made, he made some very good saves again. I mean, he's Ooh. played really well for Burnley. The save off Morata's header from the yeah, the yeah, diverted shot was a super save. All the England boys were part of a, a WhatsApp group for just mm. the kind of basics, the mm. nuts and bolts of being an England player. And uh, uh, he said he took himself the general FA admin site for all players. He said, "I don't need to know what time breakfast is." 
And you think, well, that must be cool. I mean, it's a guy that was part yeah. of every one of the games in the build. I know yeah. he wasn't playing. And it's going to be interesting. You're going to see uh, Burnley next week, John. You're going to West Ham, West yes. Ham Burnley, aren't yes, you? Yes, where Joe was on loan last season. Yeah. yeah, and he did say, he said he never mm. really made a connection with the West Ham fans. He found it, for whatever reason, maybe they felt he was just passing through. And I think ultimately that did for him mm. in terms of loans. He's more or less said, Sean Dyche said, I'd like to take you on loan. He said, no, I'm done with loans now. I, I want to feel part of something. So yes. That was a very. I'd, I'd recommend people go and read it. It was a real insight, and as I said, a bit more understanding that the effect it can have on players when suddenly because well, I mean, we all must have seen how difficult that transition must have been for him. Yeah, guy, the champions mm. to suddenly find himself out of the picture. He doesn't hold a grudge against Pep though, which is very interesting. No. He was always very honest with me, and well, the, he, that's he, all you ever want. He's still it? in love with Manchester City, and clearly they mm. still love him as well. The fans. Yeah, I think he'll find it hard to get back in the England team the way Pickford's playing though, yeah, won't he? I mean, he really has developed as a as a guy goalkeeper and you made the point about mm. his interview he he's become a bit of a personality Jordan Pickford in a, yeah. in a kind of yeah he's good yeah, he's good value yeah well the pundit said they can't win without hazard well there, there you go they did yeah and the, the pundit said Loftus cheek won't get a look in well he got 60 minutes mm. and from an England point of view him and Barkley oh. playing together is a quite an exciting prospect mm. both of them have got something about them. very much so I mean I think you know, it's given Gareth Southgate a bit of a dilemma, really. Well, he's got this friendly, as I said on Friday here, against the United States when I think he's going to pitch one or two of the of the newer players in. Uh, but what is it? Loftus-Cheek, four goals in a week. Hmm. Um, and he's suddenly <clears throat> caught, caught fire. And, and he's getting... Well, it's the old story. He's getting minutes on the pitch, isn't he? And he will do. And, mm, uh, yeah. <clears throat> sorry, obviously rates him. And actually, he played in a more advanced because he played instead of Pedro. So that may suit him better than having to worry too much about the defensive yeah. uh. side of it. But uh, anyway, convincing win. Um, you said on uh, Friday, Andy, that uh, Southampton-Newcastle would be the last game on match of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, and you were absolutely thank correct. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes. <laughs> actually, yeah. it wasn't a bad game. I mm. mean, there, was some, there were some moments in it, especially in the first half. But uh, both sides are having problems scoring, aren't oh, they? Oh, definitely. I mean, Southampton don't seem to be able to get this Ings-Austin partnership going, do they? Mm-hmm. I mean, they had plenty of ch- chances or shots at goal, but again, nothing clinical. And, uh, well, as for Newcastle, well, I don't know where their first win's coming from. Although I saw a piece this morning emphasising that their fixture list was awful at the, uh, playing, playing all the big teams at the start of the season, and now they've got a period up to Christmas, yeah. according to Benitez, when they're facing opposition that they ought to pick up points yeah, against. Yeah, but they haven't had great results. No, against, I mean, no. I said that, but they haven't had great results against other teams that they should be doing better. That moment where Ings, and you're right about Ings and Charlie Austin, they got in each other's way. Mm. Shane Long missed a great oh. chance at the end. Um, and anyway, so that's the way it goes. Fulham Bournemouth, we should touch on oh, finally. Yeah. And uh, we haven't done Palace Arsenal. Oh yes, we will, okay, we'll squeeze those in. Um, again, another poor performance uh, by Fulham. I mean, it's going to take him a while to Jukanovic to address what's going on defensively there, but he's going to have what to get a move on. Shaped defensively, wasn't a great it wasn't a great weekend for Mr. Khan, was it? Because the no. Jacksonville Jaguars got turned over at Wembley, mm-hmm. and or, interestingly enough, uh, while he was at Wembley. Um, he was interviewed and asked about the Wem- the FA Wembley deal. Could it be resurrected? And he didn't rule it out. I mean, yeah. in fact, less more than that, he he implied that if the climate mm. within the FA changed a bit, he would be quite happy to readdress it. Mm. I tell you what, I did notice. I did note down. Oh I, yeah, I've written here. 
Eddie Howe could be Poch's successor if Poch ever leaves Spurs. He'd be a good fit, and he would, actually. People have often talked about him for Arsenal, but actually, if you think about Spurs and the way they are and the type of players that they have and the type of players he likes, yeah, you know, because Poch, yeah, he might be there forever. You hope well, he will, but well, he might not be. Well, on the other, but also on that subject, don't, don't forget Real Madrid took a real tanking from Barcelona in the, in the sure. El Clasico mm. hat-trick for Suarez, 5-1. Uh, the Real Madrid coach on the brink, we're told, and Pochettino would be one of those. They'd I be think looking. He's gone at. over the brink to be oh, yeah. over, <laughs> over the yeah. brink. Yeah. As well, have truly been crossed. <laughs> and, uh, quick one on Arsenal Palace. Yeah. Uh, felt they were. I they deserved he, all three yeah, points. I, I was. I felt sorry for Palace it's because typical Palace. We knew they'd yeah. play better against better teams. They will next week at the Bridge. You'll see. Yeah. 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 yeah well, I, th- that was a handball, and again, we're back to where we were with VAR, aren't we? But. Um, I think Palace will be okay. I just think it needs a little bit more uh, somebody, somebody to take the weight off Zahar all the time is what you're looking at, isn't it? Yeah. Although every, when it comes every, down to it, who wins the pen? And Arsenal, the, well, that's right. Everything goes through him. Yeah, yeah. yeah Arsenal yeah. need to cure their first half blues if they really want to finish top four because they're yeah. such a second half team. Absolutely. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day, weren't we? We were. Um, we John, were. are you are you working this weekend? Yes, or I'm, I'm com- okay. commentating with Alvin Martin at Brilliant. West Ham. Yes, for oh, good. Talk Sport okay. Two. He may be a touch biased if you're doing West Ham. He might be. He'll try I, not to be. I'll, I'll, I'll try and level that up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll see you Friday. We'll have a good chat you, about that and more. You will, absolutely, boys. Thanks, take, John. Take care. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We head uh, to uh, the King Powers. Victoria was just telling you the players came to pay their respect as, as well as Vichai's uh, mm. family as well. Uh, Jeff Peters has been there throughout uh, for Talk Sport. Good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, afternoon, lads. Yes, it, it's it, the players. I mean, it was pretty clear how the players felt about uh, about the owner over the last sort of twenty four, thirty six hours. Really, sort of praying that the news would be better, and all having their own personal sound. And that was pretty obvious in in the, the guys when they came out. Many of them in tears, clearly upset by by what's happened. Yeah, you hear of uh, some clubs where uh, fans and the owners get on get on all right, 
but here it, it was strangely different that you've got owners who not only bonded with the fans and we've talked about so much about how they love the fans treated the fans as fans rather than customers um but with with the players there was an there was an incredible bond um you look at people like Casper Schmeichel his words on social media last night were were just incredible uh he's been with the club for a long time one of the longest serving players here sort of seven years i think um so you can understand why he in particular would would feel this perhaps more closely than some of the players who have only recently joined but they came out and you know it's one of those things it's very difficult to kind of choreograph because there's a lot of people here there's a lot of shirts there's a lot of flowers but they asked the fans to, to move back from behind the barriers. Everyone took a couple of steps back and the players walked around and stood around the edge. Nobody bothered them. Everybody was very silent and allowed the players to look at all these wonderful tributes, not just Leicester shirts, but from, from clubs in this country and all over the world. And the players stood and they paused and they looked. The fans very respectful and then everyone just broke out into a round of applause, which was a real goosebumps moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, tears from the players, tears from the fans. It's it, it's it's broken everybody, but it also brings people together too. That's true, and an emotionally difficult time for for all concerned, and for you who loves the club, but having to be professional, having to. I heard you yesterday. I thought you spoke so well on on Talksport with Georgie, and a very a very difficult time for you because you you love the club. They're your club. Yeah, um, obviously, a situation like this, you want to be as as professional as you can be because you have a, a job to do to report what is going on. But, of course, it is my club, and I was here on Saturday night when the helicopter crashed, and I, I did see the flames leaping into the sky. So it, it felt very close and very painful, and you, you want to report as as well as you can but of course I'm a fan and you feel it that that little bit more and and you know apologies if if I have not got the, the balance right between professional and personal over the last two days but it, it, it being here has been and while it is difficult to to broadcast when your heart is is, is, is taking a real battering mm. being around all these Leicester fans uh, seeing people I know, seeing people I don't know, just hugging people, mm. even as a journalist, just hugging and hugging other journalists, people who have have been touched by this. This is this is not what we as sports broadcasters really signed up to. We want to talk about the goals and the games and the sendings off and mm. the the disallowed goals and the manager's comments. That's that for me is what I do. That is what I love. That's what I'm very lucky and and, and blessed to do. But a story like this. Is very very difficult to work on. It's a story that needs being told. But what I what I found is when you when you talk to the Leicester fans, we were interviewing the uh, Leicester supporters earlier. We were filming it. It's gone out on the, the Talksport social media channels. Mm. Is everybody? It's not like we're intruding on the grief of the fans. They want to talk about this owner that they loved so much for things he did off the pitch and for things he did on the pitch. We mentioned earlier on, Jeff. I think Leicester fans, maybe quite rightly, when they heard a, a sort of tie owner was coming in, they didn't know much about him, and they thought, "Here we go again." Um, 
uh, they had the Shinawatra situation uh, at City. There may have been a little bit of cynicism about it. But what was the moment um, when you thought, no, I think we've got a good one here? Um, I think when it was first announced, Alan Brazil went, oh, no, have I got to pronounce that surname? I do struggle <laughs> with those Thai names. I thought he did very well this morning, uh, Mr. Vishai. Um, I'm not sure there was a moment, perhaps after the... Remember the Watford game uh, in the playoffs mm. when uh, Anthony Knockart won a mm. soft penalty, missed the penalty, Watford went upfield, uh, Deeney scored, and Leicester had missed out on the playoffs. And at that point, there was a feeling that maybe they would sack the manager, Nigel Pearson. But they went, no, we're going to stick with him. We believe in him. We think he has got the right credentials to take this club into the Premier League. And next season, they were proved right. Leicester ran away with the title. Uh, obviously, they thought about sacking him in the, the Premier League season, but decided to hang on to him. Uh, they responded with the great escape. Then was the right time to sack the manager. But I think I think the that summer when... Everyone was really low after what happened in that Watford game. And where are we going to go next? Is this club ever going to get back to the Premier League? They decided to stick with the manager. And you thought, I think these guys are in it for the long haul. These are not some fly-by-night owners who've come in from abroad who just want to make a quick buck and then move on. Mm. The money that they have invested off the field and on the field is is phenomenal and the charitable donations two million to a Leicester children's charity a personal do donation from the owner these these are these are great guys and a very well run club which is of course part of what they've done not just achieve success on the pitch but also off the pitch they you know they've not been afraid to we were saying earlier in the show you know Claudio Ranieri did a wonderful job but they weren't afraid to you know make part, big part calls, company yeah. with them when they, when they had to I think what they've done is made the right appointments and the right decisions at the right times. Nigel Pearson was the right man for the job when he was appointed. Claudio Ranieri was the right man for the job when he was appointed. When he was sacked, painful as it was, it was the right decision. So they're not afraid to take big decisions. Obviously, they sacked Nigel Pearson as well after the great escape of various, of course, off-field issues connected with that. But they just seem to have their finger on the pulse as to what they should do at any given time, whether it is on the field, whether it is off the field. And it's the connection with the supporters, the, the giving out of free season tickets and free beer and donuts and T-shirts and scarves, uh, free away travel. It's little things, but they, they make a difference to supporters. They're not, as I said, they're not treated as, as customers. They're, that they're shown a, a higher level of respect. The fans respond to that. And, of course, winning the Premier League, that will always endear you to, uh, to a set of owners at a, at a football club. Mm. They really have been great. And I, and I do hope that the vice chairman, the son, who's been here today, it was a very moving moment when he came out and laid a wreath, that he will continue the fantastic work that, A, he has done, and, B, his, his father has, has done as well. It's going to be tough. Yeah. There's a lot of grieving to be done by them and, and us and the players. Obviously, tomorrow night's game is off. I, I can't believe they'll play at Cardiff on Saturday. I still think that's too soon. But it will heal. It's fractured, but it will heal. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, we will catch up with you soon. Mm. Cheers. Thanks, guys.
Jeff yeah, Peters. Yeah, interesting. Are, I think I think they will play on Saturday because I think you know it's cathartic to play. You know, the fans will want them to play, and I think the players will want to play. So yeah. I, 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 I'd be surprised. I mean, maybe I bow to Jeff's better judgment about matters of Leicester, but I've got a feeling they will play on Saturday. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. Uh, we return tomorrow from one reflecting on uh, Spurs City and we've got some top guests joining us Justin Morehouse is here to talk Manchester United and the QI team are pumping in they've got a new book out oh okay so uh, until then uh, have a great evening Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.